Welcome to Build with Hari Rao, a podcast by Get Ready Ministry. Let's receive today's word. Greetings to you in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I trust you are doing well and prospering in your walk with God. Welcome to Build with Hari Rao. We are in a series called The Culture of Honor. I want to take this moment to welcome each of you to this special broadcast. Tonight is going to be special. Tonight is going to be loaded. Tonight is going to be packed. I hope you have come prepared. I hope you have come expecting to receive from the Lord. We have been praying for all of our uh, EFAM family members to be protected and preserved in this season. It is my desire that not one of you will be burned by the fires of this season. There is a grace, there is a grace that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had that understood. When, when they were thrown in the fire, the fire did not burn them. The chains were broken, but the clothes were not burnt. Their smell of fire was also not on them. So it is your portion in life. Even though you walk through the fires, the fires will not burn you. Even though you walk through the waters, the waters will not drown you. Because there is a God that walks through the fire with you. And there is a God that walks through with you through the waters. You will have a testimony after testimony after testimony. You will have testimony after testimonies. I just felt inspired to share that because you guys are precious to the Lord and you are precious to me and my wife. So get ready. Can I quickly request you, if you have not already shared this broadcast with somebody, Please go ahead and share this broadcast. Share on your social media. Put it on Facebook, on Twitter. Send it to uh, people as a message. Because today is going to be a very, very powerful sermon. Wow. Amen. Today, I want to touch a topic called the rules of engagement the rules of engagement rules of engagement are you ready how do we engage this god how do we engage the realms of the spirit how do we engage with god's ministering angels how do we engage the unseen help that god has made available to us mm. I'm telling you, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, dear God, have mercy. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm, I'm, let's pray. It's important you're connected with me in the spirit today. Father, come take this word and distribute it to your people, Lord. Some in the form of milk, some in the form of meat. But in whatever capacity, they can receive this word. Let this word penetrate their spirit. Let this word 
penetrate their soul. Let this word penetrate their minds, O God, that they may extract from it principles, that they may extract from it truths, that they may extract from it revelations, O God, that they can apply to their lives. Father, have mercy, Lord. Cleanse us with your precious blood. Make us acceptable with your, in your holy presence, O God, that we may enter boldly to the throne of grace and receive good gifts from you, Father. Open our eyes this evening. Open our understanding this evening, God. Let there be a shift in the way we walk with you, Father. I ask all of this in the most precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Rules of engagement. Rules of engagement. Spiritual rules of engagement. If you are a student of God's word and if you have read through the Bible, and even the New Testament and the Old Testament, you will notice that there are certain groups of people that tend to enjoy a closer walk with God. They seem to be marked in their generation. They seem to be able to extract more from God. They seem to have more encounters with God. They seem to know Jesus more intimately. While many have been afforded the same privilege and the same access, few make the most of it and few stand out in their generation. So, whether it is out of the crowd of 5,000, God carving out 72 evangelists for himself, or out of the 72 having a group of 12 of apostles and disciples that were the closest to him. And even within the 12, he had three that were even more closer to him, that got to see the emotions of Jesus Christ. It could be the woman that touched the hem of his garment and drew virtue and power out. While he was surrounded by a crowd, this lady unlocked a secret and tapped into the power of God. When the power of God was right there for everybody to access, nobody got it. But this woman learned, or could be Mary, who was the first person to encounter the resurrected Lord. You go back to the Old Testament, you see, Amongst the exiles that went to Babylon, there is one called Daniel who stood out amongst his peers because the spirit of understanding was upon his life. One day all Israelites, one day all God's chosen people, one day all God's beloved, but yet some of them had privileged access to certain things. But our Bible says, our Bible says that God has no favorites. He's not a partial God. Which means that if you and I understand the way God functions, if you and I understand the way some of these generals of God operated, if we apply the same principles, then you and I can also have the same kind of walk with God, the same kind of access, the same kind of encounters. They may be different, but they will be similar in their proximity. I, I hope I have 
teased you enough with that introduction. Or you go back to Abraham, you go back to Elijah, you go back to some of these prophets, marked in their generation, marked by God. David, incredible, incredible, very flawed, very human, uh, full of mistakes in, in some would say, yet enjoyed such friendship with God that God would say, this is a man after my own heart. It sounds scandalous to even say that, that a man who's as flawed as David would be called a man after his own heart. Abraham is the only person in scripture that God said, you are my friend. He is my friend. Abraham is a friend of God. So this evening, I want to extract a few principles. We can't go everywhere. We can't teach everything. But I'll give you enough for you to use it and go and dig deeper yourself. I'm excited for you. Are you guys excited? Rules of engagement. Rules of engagement. Ah. Rules of engagement. God, have mercy, Lord. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. I'm just praying that the Lord would release assistance for this word to come to you. I'm praying, I'm contending with the Holy Spirit right now that you guys will receive what I want to share with you. Let us read a passage of scripture. Please, let us go to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32, verse 22. We are going to read the account of a man called Jacob. Now, Jacob is wrestling with an angel of the Lord. Some would say it was God himself. Angel, Jacob is wrestling with an angel of God and he, he's holding on to him and he has a request. He says, unless you bless me, I won't let go of you. Unless you bless me, I won't let go of you. And then this angel touches his thigh. He touches his thigh bone and Jacob's bone is broken and he begins to limp. But eventually Jacob prevails and inherits a blessing and his identity is changed. I want to read this passage of scripture and then we will talk a little bit about it. Genesis chapter 32 verse 22. The same night Jacob arose and took his two wives his two female servants and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else he had. And Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him. The man here is the angel of the Lord. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Oh my gosh. And he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, 
but Israel. For you have wrestled with God and with men and have prevailed. Wow. 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 Lord Jesus, help us. The context for this passage of scripture is that he has now left his father-in-law's house, Laban, and is on his way back to the promised land where God had promised his father and his grandfather that this land he will give them. So he's on his way back to the promised land. But he gets word that his elder brother Esau is on the way to meet him. Now, if you remember correctly, Esau was the brother that Jacob deceived. Esau was the brother from whom he stole the blessing. Esau was the brother that Jacob pretended to be, went to his father Isaac and lied and deceived Isaac and took a blessing from him. So now he is afraid that Esau is going to come and kill him. Esau, that Esau is going to kill his entire family. So Jacob does what he thinks is going to work. He thinks, so what he does is he sends his family, his, his two wives and the two servants and his 11 children and all the wealth he had procured, all the animals, all the lambs, all the servants, all of it, he sends it ahead as an entourage to meet Esau. And then when he's alone, he charges, oh, this is where it gets interesting and you need to be with me now. You have to pay attention now. When he was left alone, somehow, miraculously, he encounters an angel. How? Where did this angel come from? Why? How did he suddenly meet this angel? Was there a special location? How did, oh my goodness, how did Jacob access this spiritual entity? Was it the son of God or maybe it was an angel, but this was a spiritual entity, this angel of God. How did he chance upon this angel? And then how did he learn that he could wrestle with this angel? See, these are mysteries. These are mysteries. These are mysteries. These are mysteries. <laughs> so he begins to have he begins to hold on to this angel says, you got to bless me. You have to bless me. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. The last time I checked, the last time I checked, angels are stronger than men. Correct? Angels are stronger than men. If the angel really wanted to break loose, he could have done it. You see, he was so strong when he touched Jacob's hip socket, the socket was dislocated and Jacob had to limp. So if he really wanted to break free, he could have. But there was a way that Jacob had approached him. There was a way, my God, that Jacob had engaged with him that this angel could not be freed unless Jacob left him. I hope you guys are with me so far because this is important. This is, this is important. One, it's a mystery how he engaged with this angel. Second, after engaging with the angel, he's now having a hold over the spiritual being. He's having a hold. He's, having, uh, he's able to wrestle and hold this angel down. 
But in order for you to fully, let me before I go that, third thing, he wants a blessing. He wants a blessing. But instead of a blessing, he has a broken hip. What kind of a blessing is this? You know, imagine the story that he's going to tell. You know what? I had an encounter with the angel of God and that angel broke my thigh bone. Ah, that doesn't sound very godly. That doesn't sound very spiritual. Why would God uh, break your thigh? Uh, this has to be some demon. This has to be some demonic principality that you fought with. Why would this angel break your hip? He's a good God. <laughs> why, did God uh, why did this angel dislocate his hip? Mysteries, mysteries. Okay, but before before we we make sense of this, before we make sense of this, I have to introduce you to his grandfather, who is Abraham. Now, Abraham is our father in faith. He is the friend of God. But there is something I want you to show. If you know the life of Abraham, Abraham was a heathen. Scholars agree that he was a heathen. He was in fact an idol worshipper. He was not amongst those who knew God. And yet in Genesis 12, we see that God spoke to Abraham. God spoke to Abraham. Abraham didn't approach God. God spoke with Abraham. How did he <laughs> How did he out of the blue encounter God? I'm going somewhere with this. Out of the blue, we are told in Genesis chapter 12 that God spoke to Abraham. What kind of a voice was this? How did he hear God's voice? These are mysteries, my precious people. These are mysteries. Now, was this voice audible? If it was audible, did everybody around Abraham hear? Or was it just Abraham? So, Abraham's journey starts off supernaturally. Oh, yes, yes. This is Jacob's grandfather. Abraham's journey starts off supernaturally, 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 which means his beginning had the element of supernatural attached to him. There was a grace on Abraham's life where he could interact with the realms of the spirit. Here he could interact with the realms of God. Here he could interact with the spiritual entities. He could interact with God himself. That, that spiritual dimension was open to Abraham. His story starts there. Then one day, you will read in the scripture that he saw three men coming toward him. These three men were angels of God again that were on their way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. You have to stay with me now, please. It's very important you stay with me, right? Uh, I think this is there in chapter Genesis 22, if I'm no, not 22. Let me pull it up for you. Let me pull it up for you. Yeah, it's in chapter... 18, All right, we, we are not going to go there. Three men, three men, okay, three ordinary looking men are passing by. They're on their way to go to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. They have an assignment of destruction. They have an assignment to bring fire and brimstone down on Sodom and Gomorrah. On the way, Abraham spots them. And he begins to plead with them saying, please, sir, 
come rest under this tree wash your feet let me go bring a meal for you go let me go make a meal for you they say no 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 let me go please we we are on assignment now we have work to do we've been sent by god to bring fire down we have been sent by god to to destroy sodom and gomorrah this is in genesis 18 go back and read it but abraham interjects them stops these angels <laughs> delays angels on their assignment come on delays angels on their assignment and then he goes to his wife and says listen we got to make some uh, fine bread take the best flour we have get, make the best bread then goes to one of his servants and says make that soup that that is the best soup that we make make that soup take a lamb kill that lamb make the best soup and then he goes he takes the bread he takes the lamb soup and he goes to these three men that are angels of god and says sir please have some rest go ahead and eat this sir and they eat i want to show you something because this is going to move your heart this is going to move your heart um genesis chapter 18 i'll read for you from verse 1 and the lord appeared to him by the oaks of mamre as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day he lifted up his eyes and looked and behold three men was standing in front of him when he saw them he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said oh lord if i have found favor in your sight do not pass by your servant let a little water we brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree while i bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourself and after that you may pass since you have come to your servant <laughs> Oh my goodness. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Ah. Now jump with me to verse 8. Then he took the curd and the milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. He stood. So these three men are sitting down. three men are sitting down these angels are sitting down they eating the bread they eating the curd they 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 enjoying the meal that abraham has prepared and abraham is is standing watching them this is a 99 year old man he in his own right is a giant already he in his own right has already defeated kings he has seen great wealth he has had multiple encounters with god and yet look at the humility of this man while these men sat down to eat while these angels sat down to eat he he folded his hand and he's standing there he's like i hope this food is okay sir <laughs> ah lord have mercy Now watch what happens verse 9 they said to him where is sarah your wife and he said she is in the tent the lord said i will surely return to you about this time next year sarah your wife shall have a son <laughs> okay now watch this and sarah was listening at the tent door behind now abraham and sarah were old advanced in years the way women and the way of women has ceased to be with sarah basically she had no capacity to conceive children so sarah laughed to herself after i am a woman after i am worn out 
and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? Which means Abraham has also grown so advanced in age that he could not have children. <laughs> shall I indeed bear a child that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you. Now, wait a second. Ah, what did Abraham do? He stopped three angels that were on their way to do something. What was their assignment? To bring destruction to Sodom and Gomorrah. Basically, their assignment was to bring death. They, the, when they entered Sodom and Gomorrah, death was supposed to come there. Are you with me so far? But Abraham interjected them. Abraham interrupted them and said, Sir, please take a small break. Let me bring you some food. Let me bring you something to refresh your refresh you. Let me bring some water and curd and some soap. And then they sit down, they have the meal, and they now have a conversation with Abraham. And now, instead of continuing their journey, to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Before they do that, they are now pronouncing a blessing. And what is this blessing? This time next year, you will have a child. The promise was so ridiculous that Sarah laughed. 99-year-old man and God is telling to Abraham, this is your promise. But wait, their assignment was to bring destruction. Their, their job at that point was to bring death. They were on their way to do something else. But Abraham learned the rules of engagement. And while they were on their assignment to kill, he extracted a promise of life. He withdrew from them life. He brought out life out of them. He brought out promise from them because he understood how to engage with this realm. He understood how to engage the realm of God. He understood how to engage with the angels of God. Oh, my precious, precious people of God. I wish you would know what I'm talking about today. It doesn't matter so what God was about to do in that, in that direction or this direction or in their life or in his life. But if you can learn how to engage with God, you will be able to extract glory out of him. You will be able to extract life out of him. You will be able to extract fire out of him. You will be extract glory and promise and life and ah, come on. Ah, my God, my God. I feel the presence of God today. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I'm telling you. He understood the way of engaging with God. They were on their way to destruct a city, two cities. And Abraham inherits a promise for life. He inherits Isaac. He, he gets a word from them. Say this time next year. Why? It was not about just the meal, precious people. Anybody could have said, <laughs> anybody could have made the meal, right? But only Abraham did. Only Abraham did. Only Abraham did. It was not just about the lamb. It was how he wrapped it. It was honor. Look at his posture. He's standing and hands folded probably. And he's like, sir, is the, is the card okay? Is the card okay? Is the water cold enough? Is, is, the, is the food good? Is, is it okay? Can I bring you some salt? Ah, he learned the way of engaging. 
My goodness. This is not the only time. One day God spoke to him and says, bring your son up. Your only son. Your only son. And Abraham did not hesitate. He takes the boy Isaac, goes up the mountain and looks at the servant and says, me and the boy will go up, worship and will come back. And he was able to put his own son on the altar. Ah, this guy was crazy. This guy was crazy. So Abraham accessed realms in God. He accessed dimensions in God. And he understood how to engage. You know, for the last three weeks, I've been teaching you that you must have a revelation of God, that you must have understanding of God. Then last week I taught you how to receive a gift. And this week I'm teaching you how you engage, how you engage. There, there is a protocol in the spirit. There is a way you access God. There is a way you move the heart of God. There is a way you can make a demand on the presence of God. That is why the woman that touched the hem of the, his garment, the, the hem of Jesus' garment, was able to extract healing. But he was in a crowd. He was in a crowd. People were rubbing shoulders with him. People were pushing and pulling toward him. The disciples were rubbing shoulders with him, but none of them tapped into glory. None of them tapped into the power. None of them tapped into the virtue. But there was something about this woman. The scripture says she said to herself, if only I touch the hem of his garment, I will be okay. Ah, and then she approaches Jesus. By the way, ah, my God, in the Jewish custom, when a woman has an issue of bleeding, when she has an issue of the blood, she cannot touch anybody because the Jewish law said that if you touch, the Mosaic law says, while a woman is bleeding, if she touches somebody, the person that she touches also becomes unclean. So this was a woman of incredible faith. This was a woman of incredible boldness in the spirit. And she approaches him without drawing attention to herself. But she, the minute she holds on to his hem, bam, virtue left Jesus. Power left Jesus. Power was withdrawn from Jesus. And Jesus turns around and says, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciples are like, please, sir, look at the crowd. Look at all these people. How how?" how Anybody can touch you. Like, no, 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 no. You guys don't get this. This was not a touch in the natural. This somebody now touched me that touched the power that I carry. Somebody that has understood to access the invisible while touching the visible. Did you hear what I said? Accessing the visible while touching, the, accessing the invisible while touching the visible. My goodness, Abraham gave a meal and some curd and water, but he got a promise. He inherited an invisible promise. Rules of engagement. Rules of engagement. Rules of engagement. My God. My God. Rules of engagement. Three people, Jesus and two thieves were hanging next to the cross. And yet, 
while hanging on the cross, one inherited paradise. He looked at Jesus and says, Master, remember me in your kingdom. And in one moment, his eternal destiny had changed from hell to paradise. Ah, now can I go to go back to the life of Jacob? Okay. You see, one more thing. One more thing. Jacob had a problem. Jacob enjoyed shortcuts. Are you with me? Jacob enjoyed shortcuts. A man understood the power of blessing. A man understood, Jacob understood, that he, in order for him to prosper, he must get the blessing. That is why he was, I, I, Jacob was quite a horrible brother. I'm telling you, he was quite the horrible guy. One day Esau, who was a hunter, goes outside, does a hard day's work and labor, comes home, he's hungry, and Jacob has made some stew, made some soup, and Esau's like, hey, give me some of this soup. And Jacob, the cunning fellow that he is, he looks at Esau and says, sure, I'll give it to you, but you must trade your birthright to me. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. But Esau was a foolish and an unrighteous man. For a pot of soup, for a pot of stew, he trades his own birthright. Then a few years later, Isaac has become old. Isaac has become old. Isaac is about to die. And Isaac wants to release his blessing. He wants to give the patriarchal blessing of a father. He wants to transfer that grace that he received from Abraham. He wants to give it to his firstborn son who is Esau. So he calls Esau. He says, son, come. And then he says, I think my time has come. But before I depart, I want to bless you. And he gives him a set of instructions says, go to the field, find an animal, kill the animal and make soup or make whatever the, the preparation was, you know, make the gravy or whatever it was, the stew, make it to my heart's desire and then come and give it to me so I may consume it and then bless you. He's giving him an instruction. Now Esau goes, and he's now, see, the Bible doesn't say that he just wanted any lamb, any animal that's in the farm. He said, go to the wild. I want the wild animal. Hunt that animal and bring it to me. And then he saw, go find out from your mama or go find out from the kitchen, uh, chef how I like my curry, how I like my gravy and prepare it to my liking and then bring it to me so I may consume it that I may eat it and then bless you instruction protocol so Esau leaves but Jacob and his mother overheard this conversation so Jacob's mother goes prepares the soup the way he likes it prepares it now Jacob doesn't go hunt Jacob does not go find the animal Jacob does not kill Jacob did not even prepare it his mother does all the work for him. 
And now Jacob brings the soup. Now he wears the suit of his brother, sprays the, the perfume of his brother, puts some fake hair and he tries to change his voice and he brings the soup and he deceives his father. I want you to pay attention because I'm going somewhere with you guys. He, he deceives his father. Now Isaac is confused and he's like, ah, the voice is of my younger son, but your hand feels like my older son. And Jacob lies. He's like, no, no, I am your firstborn. Now bless me. And now Isaac blesses Jacob, gives him the blessing, gives him the patriarchal blessing of a father transfers grace that he received from his father. Now everything matters, people of God. Everything matters. Everything matters. The same grace that he had received from his father Abraham that had sustained him, that had carried him, that had preserved him, that had protected him, that had prospered him. He would dig wells and the enemies would come and dig wells. But again, he'll dig wells. Wherever he dug, he would get water. Isaac was hyper-blessed. Hyper-blessed. Okay. Now that grace is now given to Jacob. And once Jacob receives the blessing, he begins, he runs away from his father's house. Now pay attention now. He runs away from his father's house. What is the first thing that happens? He lays his head down at Bethel on a stone. And he begins to see angels go up and down, ascending and descending before the blessing there was no angelic encounter. Before the blessing, the realms of God were not open to him. Before the blessing, he had no encounters with God. But when the blessing came from his father, that was upon his grandfather, now an entire dimension is open. Wherever he sleeps, he's now, oh my God, my God, my God, my God. Listen to me now. If generational curses can be passed, if diabetes can go from somebody's father to his son, if certain diseases can go, I present to you, there is a grace that can go from one generation to the next generation, that can go from the father to the son, from the mama to the daughter. There is a grace that is intergenerational, that can be passed on. So your encounters will become your children's encounters, that your grace will become your children's grace, that anybody that comes in contact with you and comes in alignment with you participates in the same grace that you carry. Oh my goodness, my goodness. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who I am preaching to right now, but within the sound of my voice, there is a group of people that are going to carry such a peculiar grace that is going to be inter- generational. It's going to go from you to your children, from your children to children, from your children to children. It is going to be a multi-generational grace. Somebody received this. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but if you are in your house, clap your hands and raise your voices and receive this grace because chains are falling right now. Your children will not stray from the Lord. Your grandchildren will not go away from the Lord, but they will be be in the grace that God has given to you. Mm, my goodness, I feel chains falling everywhere. 
I feel chains falling everywhere. My God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Ah, my goodness. Father, we thank you for this presence. So now, please listen to me now. He has received a blessing that he did not work for. <laughs> that was rightfully his brother's in a sense. But because of the help of his mother, he deceives his father and inherits a blessing. He's got it. He's, he's come in possession of it. But there is a price. There's a price. We'll talk about that. Now, let's fast forward to the encounter with the angel. Okay? What is he asking again? What is he asking again? He say, I want a blessing. I want a blessing. He's wrestling with the angel of God. He's wrestling with one that represents God. And he begins to hold him and fight with him. And then the angel breaks his socket, doesn't break it, he dislocates his joint. But Jacob eventually prevails and gets his blessing. But there is a problem here. There is a problem. I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is now he has a limp. Now he has a limp. He's encountered God. He's got a blessing, but he has a limp. Can I show something to you right now? There are legal means of getting a blessing and there are illegal means of procure, procuring it. When you get legally, it adds no sorrow to your life. Please, please, please stay with me. Please, please stay with me. When you legally engage with God and procure a blessing, the blessing of God adds no sorrow. But when you cut corners and when you use shortcuts, the blessing may come, but it comes with certain clauses. It comes with certain conditions and you don't get to choose what those conditions are. I'm going somewhere. You must learn the rules of India. He got the blessing, but with the blessing, he got a limp. He's now walking upside, you know, there's a limp. Hey, why, why are you limping? I, I had an encounter with God. What kind of an encounter makes you limp? Okay. Are you interested to know what he did wrong? Can I open this to you? This is not for the lighthearted. This is for serious students of God. Are you ready? Can I open this for you? Okay. Isn't it interesting that he just found an angel at his will? We can't go there right today. He just like walked into a realm and said, Ah, angel, let me talk to you. <laughs> ah, God have mercy. Okay, okay. Let me do this. Let me do this. He, what was the problem? He was afraid of Esau. He was afraid of Esau. He was afraid of Esau. So he sends all of his family. He sends all of his wealth. He sends all of the animals that was in his possession to appease Esau 
and then finds an angel who has the capacity to bless him but comes to him empty-handed. He is now in the presence of one that can bless him but has come empty-handed. So he has nothing to exchange with this angel. So that is why he is wrestling with this angel. But he hasn't brought anything. He hasn't brought anything to move the heart of God. To move... Ay, 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 ay. So angels like, ah, but... But his grandfather was spiritually intelligent. Before a blessing could come to him, he engaged with the angels. He engaged with God and he brought something valuable to the presence of God. He brought something to worship God. He brought something to please. His heart was set to worship and please God and not just to get something out of God. So Abraham understood this, that I don't enter his presence empty-handed that's why the scripture says enter the gates with thanksgiving enter his courts with praise you don't enter God's presence empty-handed but Jacob had made this fatal mistake he has uh, I don't know who's getting this right now but I I know there are some of my people who are understanding me now who are understanding me my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Listen to me. If you knew that this angel has the power to bless you, shouldn't you have kept an offering? Shouldn't you have kept a sacrifice? But instead, you sent all of this to your brother who wants to kill you. Ah, so he has a limb. But let's go back a little bit because then you must ask, but wait, didn't he get a blessing from his father and it worked out? Let me break that down for you. He got the blessing. Okay, he got the blessing. He got the blessing, but he deceived his father. He deceived his father. Jacob deceived his father. How did he manage to deceive him? Because his father had become blind. His eyes had become dim, so he couldn't see. So the father's problem was darkness and in darkness Isaac was deceived and in darkness he gave the blessing. I want you to stay with me. Isaac, <laughs> Isaac was deceived because he had become blind and he couldn't see. So Jacob comes, deceives him and takes the blessing and he runs away. He flees. He flees to his Laban, his uncle's house Laban. And when he sees Laban's daughter, Rachel, I think her name was Rachel, he falls in love with Rachel and he wants to marry this girl. This is the love of his life. He's like, my God, this woman is my wife. And he says, sir, I will do anything for you. I will work for you seven years of my life, but I just want to marry this girl. This is my love. So the uncle's like, no problem. You can have her. <laughs> but in the wedding night, now, back then, there was no electricity. The wedding night, when Jacob is in the room and he's expecting Rachel to come in, when he's expecting the girl that he loves to come in, Laban deceives him and sends Leah, the other daughter. 
You see the problem? He deceived his father because he was blind and in darkness and he inherited a blessing but that blessing came with a condition the same way his father was deceived now Jacob is being deceived now Jacob also cannot make the right choice between two he thought this was his his wife that is coming in but instead of his wife somebody else had taken the place I whatsoever a man will sow he will reap Do you get what I said? Whatsoever a man will sow, he will reap. He thought he was getting away. He thought he had outsmarted everybody. He thought he was cunning. He thought he was shrewd. He thought he understood the realms of the spirit. But nobody fools God. The same darkness that he took advantage of. Now somebody else is taking advantage of him. In the same way, I hope you guys are ah, receiving something today. Ay, Rama, you must study the life of Abraham. He was a master at engaging with God. He always brought something before the presence of God. Rules of engagement. Now, please, I'm not asking you to go catch a hen or a chicken or a lamb. No, no, no. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. There is no sacrifice greater than the sacrifice of Christ. And because of his sacrifice, he died so we got life. Right? But you must understand the principle that is working behind it. In the realms of the spirit, now I want you to pay attention. In the realms of the spirit for a child of God, because of the sacrifice of Christ, it is free. We inherit the blessings of God freely in Christ Jesus. But please, there is a way. There is a way of engaging with God. There is a way. There are certain transactions you have to make. There is a certain exchange that has to happen. There is a certain thing that has to happen for you to walk into the inheritance that God has for you. It is not automatic. I hope I, you guys are with me so far. I hope you guys are with me so far. I really hope you guys are with me so far. Rules of engagement. That is why some of you, you have gone to church for 15 years and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Yet, somebody comes along in the last two years, they have outgrown you five times, ten times, twenty times. And they're like, how is he growing? You go to the same church. You have the same pastor. You, you, you sing in the same choir. But yet this individual is growing ten, twenty, thirty times because they have learned the rules of engagement. Same Jesus, same Holy Spirit, same God the Father, same Bible, same blood, same access to the throne of grace. And yet some people are outgrowing you by 100 and 200 and 300 times because they have learned the keys to access the heart of God. Rules of engagement, people. Rules of engagement, rules of engagement, rules of engagement. There are things 
that we can learn from the spirit of God. There are things that we can learn from the heart of God that will make way for us. You know, let me, let me share this example with you. Maybe something practical will help. I was very privileged at a very, very young age to meet a very dear woman of God, very dear prophetess of God. It was my first encounter with the prophetic. I was almost maybe 14 or 15 years of age. Somebody was going. I was not saved, by the way. I didn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't know church. I didn't know nothing. Um, somebody was going there for prayer. And I happened to be with them. So I also went there with them. And this prophetess looked at me and began to prophesy. I didn't know what prophecy was. I did not know any of these things. I didn't know what her vision was. And when I was unsaved, this woman of God said, you will serve God. This prophetess looked at me and says, you will serve God. And then she began to give me details about my family that I, nobody knew, nobody knew except for me in that room. She says, this and this and this and this, this happened and this happened. I was blown away. And I was like, how is this possible? How does this lady know what's going on in my family? And she just didn't say about like, you know, uh, names. And she went back 15, 16 years in the past. And she began to give me details. Long story short, in the next few years, I get saved. And I happen to live close to this prophetess's family. And she and her mother really loved me and cared for me but I was all of 16 years of age. I had no money. I, 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 obviously I couldn't bring offerings of money. So I would go every second or third day to their house and I'll say, auntie, can I, can I, can I pick up something for you? Can I do your grocery for you? Is there something for me to clean in your house? Or So they were very hesitant, but eventually they would say, okay, Hari, can you buy some groceries for us? Like they will give me, so I'll go to the local store, buy some groceries and come. I'll go to the meat store, buy some meat store and come. I learned, my God. I did not know the principles back then, but there was a grace that was leading even then. I learned to engage certain principles. Because I, I, I hadn't even read my Bible. But what does the Bible say? When you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you have a reward of the prophet. So when you begin to engage a true woman of God, a true man of God, a true prophet of God, a true pastor of God, and you begin to do these small little things, they are insignificant, but they come from a heart that is sincere. They come from a heart that is loving. They come from a heart that has honor for this gift. They come from a heart that recognizes the grace upon a vessel. You begin to interact. You begin to engage in the realms of the spirit. There are certain transactions happening. Oh my God, my God, my God. Ay, 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 ay. You cannot sow in this grace and not reap. You cannot sow in the realms of God and not reap. You cannot engage the principles of God and not reap. I'm telling you, I don't think I've ever given 
the woman of God offering, at least not that I can remember. But I remember doing small, small things. They, they treated me like their own little brother and their own son. <laughs> there, I, I, I'm giving too much away. I'm giving too much away. Rules of engagement. You can move God doing simple things. Jacob's problem was this. He wanted to receive a blessing from sources that he had accessed and engaged with without a sacrifice, without following protocols, without... ah. So he got the blessing, but with the blessing came certain conditions. I hope you guys are with me today. And we are going somewhere. I'm telling you, nine out of ten churches are not going to teach you this. But I am showing you a way. I am showing you a way. Elisha. Elisha. Look at Elisha. Look at Elisha. Everybody today wants a double portion. Everybody's like, Pastor, please pray for impartation. Pastor, please, I want a double portion of your gift. I want a double portion of your spirit. Ah, but you haven't even lifted the bag of that pastor. You haven't even carried a pair of socks for this man. You haven't even carried his Bible for this guy. And yet you want a double portion. Hey, bro, it's not going to happen. Why? Because you have not invested. You cannot. I, I will behave. I, I will behave. I will behave. Elisha served Elijah like a servant. For three and a half years, three and a half years, three and a half years. In fact, even after Elijah died, his identity was, uh, where is Elisha, the one that poured water on Elijah's hand? His service was so public, so evident, so known that the whole nation knew that this guy was this man's servant. This man helped him, but he was not servant like a slave, but he, he, he did everything for Elijah. And then he was the last one. I'm telling you, I don't know if Elijah had a biological son, but Elijah was more than 10 biological sons to Elijah. He was the last one from the time he met him till the time he was taken up. There was one soul. That was following Elijah like a shadow. Like a shadow. Elijah would say, please just leave me and go. Go, no, you already go. You have the mantle already. God has already appointed you to be the prophet. God has already, I've given you my, you have everything. Go. He's like, no, 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 no. I just don't want the mantle. I want the spirit that carried the mantle. Uh, did you hear what I said? I want the spirit that carried the mantle. I just don't want the mantle. The mantle is on the outside. The mantle is, I want the inside, the invisible, the stuff that nobody sees. I want the in, I want the spirit. And after three and a half years of serving him, he's like, what do you want? He says, I want a double portion of your spirit. He says, you've asked a hard thing. You've asked a hard thing. 
this is hard for you guys to digest. He says, okay, no problem. If you see me go up, if you see me being carried away, you can have what you want. And when he's carried away, he doesn't say master, master. He says, my father, my father. All the service is because he had come to a place where he had engaged with his prophet, with his Elijah as a spiritual father. And he had, he had given his life to this man. Hmm. What did Jesus say? Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And in one place he said, if you, if you don't love me more than your father or your mother, more than your brother or sister, you don't deserve me. You, I must be supreme in your life. There was an exchange. You give me all of you and I will give you all of me. You want to travel the world and you can't even give up your own phone. My precious people, there are rules of engagement. There are rules of engagement. There are things you can do. And these things have to be a revelation. There is no do one thing, do two things, do three things. No. They have to come to you from the depths of your heart. And as you engage with God, you will see certain transactions happening. You will see certain graces being released, certain anointings being released, certain dimensions being opened up to you, certain graces being released because you have entered a place with your love, with your honor, with your offering, with your giving, with your sacrifice, with your acts of service. You have It was when I was, one day, we were in a, in a prayer hall. This woman of God, this prophetess of God, she was praying for all the people that had come. So I was also praying in the room. So while the guests were coming to get prayed by her, I would also sit and pray. And she was praying for a different individual. And I was also praying for that individual. I was really small. I was probably 16, 17. When this woman of God was praying, while she was praying for this other person, I felt an anointing drop inside me. In fact, I, can, I remember it like it happened yesterday. It was so tangible for me, but it was spiritual. I felt like a gift entered my body. It touched my tongue and then went and settled in my belly, in my spirit. It was so real. But only I could feel it. And, and after the prayer, when I opened my eyes, the woman of God opened her eyes. Remember, she was praying for somebody else, right? She looks at me and says, 
You just received it, didn't you? You got something now from God. I saw a gift fall on you while I was praying for him. Who was she praying for? <laughs> uh, rules of engagement. She was praying for who? Somebody else. Why is the gift falling on me? Oh man, I'm spoiling you guys today. <laughs> God. And that it was a gift that entered. After that day, my eyes were open and I began to see visions 24-7. I would see visions 24-7. Like if I would blink, I would see visions. That was my introduction to the prophetic. That was my introduction to the realms of the spirit. And I was, I was 16, 17 back then. I didn't even know these principles. I stumbled upon them accidentally. I, <laughs> good Lord. If you remember, in the first teaching in the series, I said, honor is the bridge that the anointing walks on. With your honor, you can build bridges, staircases, access points into graces, into dimensions, into gifts and realms of the spirit. Okay, I'll stop there. I'll stop there. So, have you learned something today? Have you learned something today? Now go and ask the Holy Spirit to give you practical steps of revelation. How do I engage with the gift, with the graces that God has given to you? And as you learn to do these things, you are get ready for an exciting journey in the Holy Spirit. I want to go somewhere, but I don't know if I should tell you guys right now. Some of you can't even celebrate your pastor publicly. You are so protective. You will celebrate footballers. You will celebrate cricketers. You will celebrate uh, politicians. You will talk about everybody else on your social media. But you will not celebrate the man and the woman of God that God has sent your way. And yet you want to inherit things that this man has wept and cried and labored for. Okay, I'll keep quiet. I'll keep quiet. Ah. I'll keep quiet. Can I pray with you now? Good Lord, thank you. Rules of engagement. Look at that woman that came into the room with an expensive bottle of perfume. Everybody is like, ah, what kind of prophet is he? If he knew what kind of a woman this is, if he knew who has come, he wouldn't even let her touch him. But this woman came, cried so much at his feet that he, her tears began to wash the dirt, the sand out of the feet of Jesus. 
and then she used her own hair to wipe those feet and then she put that expensive bottle of oil on his feet and everybody was like ah what a waste what a waste and then jesus says the poor is always with you i came to your house as a guest but none of you did anything for me you didn't wait for me at the door you didn't give me water to clean my feet you didn't do anything and yet look at this woman wherever this gospel is preached wherever this gospel is preached she will have a place 2000 years have gone by wherever jesus's name is uttered this woman is also mentioned but something more significant happened right after the party got over jesus stood up and went one direction and wherever he went the perfume the fragrance of this perfume lingered with him everybody understood ah this perfume is different there was only one other place that same perfume was it was on the hair of this woman so wherever she went the same fragrance that was upon jesus is also there where this woman went if she went north and jesus went west they carried the same perfume so whatever was on jesus was also on the woman now a transaction had happened an exchange had happened <laughs> rules of engagement let me pray for you dear lord we know that we enjoy grace and mercy because of the sacrifice of your son lord jesus we know father that we have access to your presence not on our own accord but because of what your son our lord jesus christ has done god we thank you lord for this sacrifice and we bless your holy name lord teach us how to engage with you teach us how to engage with the realms of god teach us oh god how to engage with the angelic beings biblically teach us oh god how to engage with our god sent help how to engage with our pastors our leaders our prophets our our god sent help god teach us oh lord that we may learn the rules of engagement bless your people lord bless your precious people let the eyes of their understanding be opened we ask all of this in the most matchless name of our lord jesus christ amen amen i bless you in the precious name of our god and our savior thank you for tuning in to this episode please consider sharing it and for more information log on to harirao.com